This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello. How was your weekend? A weekend was good, very busy, uh, but but very good. Great. We're going to drill down on that in just a few. Welcome to After 9, everybody. We're Scott and Kat. We have a special guest coming up on the pod. We will introduce him and tell you why we're talking to him coming up in a few. I went to the, uh, oh, and at the end of this episode is the replay of today's missed connections from our radio show. So right. scan ahead to the end if that's all you're here for. But I hope you'll stick around for more because Kat, the payoff is here. I did it. I wore a costume on Saturday. You did wear a costume. You and your girlfriend, we can finally say, because people, I realize, may not have seen it. You put it on your story. It's gone now. Will you repost it on your story, like, tomorrow or something, so people can see? I didn't even, well, I didn't think it through. I don't want to share too many pictures or personal things about my girlfriend, because she's got her own life and shit going on. So, I, I, I posted it with her permission on Saturday, but she was also a little tipsy when she said, go ahead and do it. So... I don't know. You I could mean, cut her out of it. I know that's very great school, but you could just cut her out and just show us your costume. Scott was a marshmallow. And she was, was she the chocolate? She was the chocolate. They were s'mores. We were s'mores. Yeah. And is, uh, I mean, that was basically all I had to do was she just bought the costume yeah, and I put it on with some black easy. clothing. It, it was easy, easy but yeah. Kat, it's still, I don't know, maybe for Halloween parties, you, you do the, the costume at the beginning. And then you can take it off and just have a regular party afterwards. Yeah. You know, trying to walk around with a giant marshmallow on my chest all evening was a little bit of a pain in the was ass. Was it awkward? Yeah. Did you consider trying to take it off or because nobody else was taking theirs off, you didn't bother? Well, nobody else took theirs off. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't be the only one. I didn't want to oh, be the asshole. What's your problem? I know, right? right? Fucking Scott I know. Fox. I got, I got lucky because I had no Halloween parties this weekend, but we obviously, we have a big Halloween party happening tomorrow. Now, if you're usually just a podcast listener, we would love to formally invite you to the Scott and Cat show. And that is whether you listen to us in the morning on Energy 95.3 or 91.5 The Beat between 5.30 and 9.30 a.m. Or you listen to us on 103.1 Fresh Radio London from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Or you listen to us on Fresh 93.1 out of Barry from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We're having a Halloween party every single show tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. Are you wearing a different costume for that? Well, apparently I have to. I didn't realize. I I thought I checked enough boxes in wearing that costume on Saturday, which was weird, by the way. I don't. Do you put it on before you get in the car or when you get there on the street? <laughs> like it's all <laughs> fucked up. I, somebody's got to rein this in. In any case, I uh, <laughs> I um, uh, apparently I need another costume for mm-hmm. tomorrow because the couple's costume will not work tomorrow. I no, it, I'm just going to look like a giant marshmallow. You could you could just be a marshmallow. I don't think anyone's going to judge you, but you do have to dress up. That's the thing we get judged for here. You know it because I got judged for it and so did you. The first year we were here and we didn't wear a costume. So from then forward, I always wore a costume. Tomorrow we're throwing a party. So we absolutely have to wear a costume. We are part, we are hosting a party. So I think you guys are trying too hard to change me. And I just... Uh, All you have to do is throw a costume on and bring the food for the potluck. These are things That's that I would it. never have done in the past. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh, quickly here, because our guest is coming up soon. I, I know that you 
<laughs> you put four Christmas trees this weekend. I did. Okay. Listen, Why did you hang- do that before Halloween? Because it's going to snow tonight and yeah. I feel like it's on you. Okay. So truth be told, first of all, that would be because I got my winter tires on already. And I did do that. Uh, truth be told, I'm going away. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to a hot uh, tropical place. Caribbean. Caribbean. Lovely. Uh, soon. When Usually... I have my tree up right after Halloween, the first, second of November, whatever. I'm not fussy, but right away, I want that tree up. It makes me happy. This year, I told you I got two more trees for a total of five. And I decided, well, I'm going away. I don't have time to put them up, but I had some time yesterday. Well, I ended up at home when I wasn't supposed to be home, but that's a whole other story about what my daughter did. Um, So I put up my trees. I thought, okay, what am I going to do at this time? Let's utilize this. I want to come back from my vacation with my home being very Christmassy. So that's what I did. I'm going away for quite a number of days. So when I get back, my tree would have been up anyway. So I might as well put them all up now. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's four full-blown Christmas trees in your house yeah. as trick-or-treaters are about to start arriving in about 24 hours. I know, but they can't judge me if I'm giving them candy, can they? They probably still will. That's fine. Look at this bitch. <laughs> Fucking Christmas tree Yeah, up there. I'm, I'm Mrs. Claus. Fucker. Maybe you take your hand- candy and shut up. Maybe you should hand out Christmas candy instead of Halloween. Maybe I should. Maybe you'll just be Mrs. Claus. Maybe I should. But yeah, so the four out of the five are already up now. Yes. Kat told me a story this morning when she came in. <laughs> and I know the hell her husband was in yesterday because I've had a similar experience. Did you? Similar. Uh, it was not at home. It was at work. And it wasn't yogurt. It was an apple. And it was a radio <laughs> engineer that was quite angry about this. In, in any case... I remember the apple in the toilet story. Yes, but your daughter this weekend decided, I'm going to learn a little bit about the inner workings of the plumbing in this place and and flushed a yogurt down the, the toilet. It was one of those yogurt drinks. You guys know those little nano yogurt drinks? There's just little bottles with like the red tops. So I don't encourage food in the bathroom. So I don't even understand why she had that with her and took it to the bathroom. I don't know if she was trying to throw it out at the time or she went pee and she was holding it. I have no idea. So fully admit, I don't know what she was doing. But all I know is my husband and I start to hear the toilet flush. Not once, not twice, thrice, then four times. And we thought, this is fucked. Something's going on here. So when she came out of the bathroom, we were like, we looked in the toilet and there's nothing in there. And we said, what do you, what, what was the to- what was that all about? Were you trying to flush something down the toilet? Uh-huh. And then she gave me this look like I might get in trouble for this. I said, what did you flush down the toilet? Um, I'm like, can you be on, be honest with me and you won't get in trouble. You have to tell me. It was just a little yogurt drink. Just a little, just a little, the yogurt drink fell in the toilet. So I flushed it. <laughs> but you can see why kids would think that that's what you're supposed to do. Cause everything I goes know. down the toilet. So then I had to have that talk. Pee, poo, toilet paper, and throw up. Those are the only things I wanted down the toilet. <laughs> and that's it. We had to have a whole discussion about it. And I did. I thought I was past it, though. She's four. Okay. This is my, my youngest. She's four years old. So I understand stuff happens. But I thought I got past it all. Like I thought they didn't shove marbles up their nose. I didn't catch them trying to eat some shit they're not supposed to eat. They didn't rub like crayons and markers all over my walls. Like I got two really good kids that don't do stupid shit. No, that ended yesterday. So my husband, that brings me to the, my husband, who was like, because the toilet wasn't flushing properly. So he knew it was jammed in there somewhere. So I'm not going to call a plumber when, you know, he's capable. He said, don't call. I was going to, by the way, I offered. I'm like, let's just, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll call a plumber. He's like, I'm not spending $500 or $600 when I could just do this myself. So he shuts the water off, takes the toilet off. Good. Pro job here. 
we had to, because I did help with this part, we had to tip the toilet uh, uh, like right sideways. Yep. Without where, breaking it. And then what happens when that happens, Scott? Water, Water comes everywhere. Water everywhere. We had buckets. We tried. A couple of towels. Unfortunately, rest in peace. We had to lose them. They're gone now. Yeah, you don't want to use oh, those on yeah, your they're, face or hands now. They're done. The, uh, the unfortunate part for him was he had needle. He has tons. Of, he has like four different kinds of needle nose pliers. Not one of them was long enough to try to get this thing because he found it. He's like, it's right here, but I can't get it. So he had to run to the store to get really super long needle nose pliers so he could pull it out. It's always a good day when you can find an excuse to buy new tools. Uh, and you know what? I tried to, I tried to be positive about it too, and that's what I said. I said, well, now you have it, and it could have been, it could have been worse. What if? I was trying to think of all the things in the book, right? Just to calm him down a little bit. If it had gone down the plumbing pipe and got stuck around a bend of some sort, you'd be cutting the pipe to get yes, it out of there. Then we would have had to pay the big money. He's so, lucky it only let, stayed in the toilet area. I'm playing this back for him. See, Scott, Scott says, oh, no, Scott's I, right. I, I know that hell he was in. I, I feel for him. <laughs> yeah, Having to I take the toilet too. off the flange <laughs> and fix it. We had shit to do. Like I said, we're going away. We're, we're packing up a family and going away. And we had shit to do. And he spent like three hours trying to get this fucking thing out of the toilet and putting it back on. On a like a one to ten, how mad was he? Oh, mad. I couldn't, like, it was to the point where even an, a couple hours later, when I made him a Ryan Coke, I made him a Ryan Coke. Like a hero. I, I tried. <laughs> and I was like, we can think, we can, it's a little funny, honey. It was still not funny. He didn't like it. No, he didn't laugh. No. He didn't laugh at all. <laughs> we'll see how today goes. Maybe I could get him to laugh again. But he was the one on, on his knees pulling that thing out of the toilet. So I appreciate him very much. And then he put the toilet all back together. Oh, it's back, back in its spot. Everything's fine. Knowing him, he probably tightened it right up and all sorts of shit. It's probably better than it was. It's great. Kids know what to put down toilets and not put down toilets. So we should be good to go in my house, I think. Who knows? Who knows, though? I don't know. I thought everything was fine, like I said, but out of nowhere. But By the way, that was a true story. At the beginning of this story, at the radio station that we used to work at, somebody did flush an apple. Guys, it was... I forgot about that until you said that. Thank you for that. That's great. And who does it? We don't know who did it, but I'm positive it was Richard <laughs> Carell. I'm positive. I'm, and Because you don't want to be... That person that brings food or is known to bring food into a bathroom, right? Who brings an apple into the bathroom? Right. And once you tell people you dropped an apple in the toilet, you're known as that person that brought an apple into the toilet with you. Correct. And that's fucking weird. It's very weird. So they left, they were embarrassed, and then someone had to pull pieces of apple. Was it in pieces by the time the... I think it had a bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, who bites the apple and then pulls their pants down and poops? Guys, that's like, that's the thing, right? Does, Someone shat on top of it? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Oh, God. Uh, quickly, one more thing here before we get to our guest. And then the replay of Missed Connections is coming up at, at the end of this episode. Saturday night. Would have been great if it was a phones away kind of party. In fact, if I ever do another one, I might make it a no phones party. Yeah. Because the phone kind of ruined Saturday night. We were there. We were standing at the island in the kitchen. And I was eating a pulled pork slider and munching away on some brownies with marshmallows on them. It was great. And then the news. Mm -hmm. Matthew Perry dead at 54. And it just brought so much. It, it let air out of the room yeah. and just brought it down so much. Yeah. And it was sad because I, I know that there's so many millions of people around the world that saw and loved friends. Mm -hmm. And he was the character that made us laugh regularly All consistently for 10 years it's it, it was a comfort i shouldn't say was guys it is a comfort show like i if i'm feeling low or something and friends is there i'll watch an episode to make me feel happy 
it's always been one of those shows, I think, for people. Matthew Perry, obviously, Friends is the first thing you think of, right? But he's done so much other great stuff. In fact, he talked about his legacy. And this was uh, on, he's done it in interviews before. He talked about it in his memoir. But he did always hope that his legacy would always live on through his uh, sober living facility. He actually opened one in Malibu. He went through a lot of struggles. This is a home that's actually specifically for men who are um, going through an addiction of any kind. And he opened that up. And he did a lot of wonderful things for a lot of people in that regard as well. So although we remember him from Friends, Friends watching it will never be the same knowing that Matthew Perry is not with us. Uh, But he did a lot of great things. It's amazing when your body of work includes 10 years on the biggest sitcom of all time. But you want to be remembered as the person who helped others who are struggling with addiction. Let me play just a little bit of that interview that he did. Listen to this. Best thing about me, bar none, is if somebody comes up to me and says, I can't stop drinking, can you help me? I can say yes and follow up and do it. That's the best thing. And I've said this for a long time, when I die, I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. I want that to be the first thing that's mentioned. And I'm going to live the rest of my life proving that. Okay. Maybe it was just the room. Maybe it was he didn't have headphones and he couldn't hear properly. But it sounds in that interview clip, which is not that old, it sounds like the drugs and alcohol are really starting to take a toll. His speech was a little slurred. He's not as quick as he used to be. He started his memoir off with, hi, I'm Matthew Perry. You might know me from Friends and I should probably be dead. Like that's the way I'm paraphrasing, but that's the way he actually started his memoir. He knows that he was kind of on board time. And that was because of his addiction issues that he had. He said he put drugs in his system that nobody should take. He was an, a severe alcoholic for many, many, many years. And he knew he did bad things to his body. Does that have anything to do with his death? I mean, sure, one could argue if it was cardiac arrest or a heart attack, which we don't know any, any of that yet. Um, was it drowning? Was it done on purpose? We can't prove, like, there's not, no proof to any of it other than there was definitely an event it didn't seem like he wanted this to happen, so I think we can rule out suicide, but I'm not a part of the investigation, so don't take my word on that. Uh, but his assistant uh, was home at the time with him. He came back from a pickleball tournament. This is what we're hearing, or game, I should say, two hours. And he asked the assistant to go pick something up for him. Well, he jumped into the hot tub. The assistant had come back a couple hours later and found him dead. Um, so once we get the autopsy, we'll know. And I mean, and you're right, Come Friends is that comfort show. I know he doesn't want to necessarily be known for that, but boy, that character resonated with so many people. I think sure we, can't, we can't help it. We can't help it. Uh, the rest of the cast, as we record this podcast, hasn't said anything, but you better believe they're going to be, that's going to be a sad one. They're either going to put it out all at the same time, like a joint statement from the from the other cast members, I assume, or they'll have their own individual. But can you imagine what they're going through too? Because I mean, they grew up with them. Yeah. Do you think... I don't know, when news like this breaks, it just takes one of them, like a a Courtney Cox or a David Schwimmer to message the rest and say, everybody shut up. We will come out unified with a statement at the end. Because it is weird that all of them didn't say a word. I think so too. I think that that's exactly what happened. I mean, in in close circles, when you're in close circles like that, I think I would be like the same way. I would say, uh, you know, let's, let's just not rush to say anything right now. Let's take in everything that we can. Let's consider what we want to say, and then we, we can do it as a group if you if you choose to. couple of quick stories. A disabled British Columbia man says he doesn't want anybody else to go through what he experienced on an Air Canada flight to Las Vegas. Oh, no. Rodney Hodgins can't walk. He uses a motorized wheelchair for mobility. 
The circumstances here aren't exactly clear, but Hodgins had to use his upper body strength and drag himself off the airplane while the wife held his legs. What? Air Canada is aware of the statement. They don't deny it. As I understand it, the crew that's in charge of mobility issues, like when somebody's landing and they have a wheelchair, for example, I guess there's usually someone that'll go and meet them and help them off the plane, bring them a wheelchair or mobility device, whatever they need. That didn't happen in this case, so he had to get himself off the plane without his chair. Air Canada says they've reached out to him and apologized. They will offer him compensation. This guy, for his part, says, hey, listen, I, it's not even about the money for me. I just want to make sure that no other person with a disability ever has to go through mm-hmm. this again. Because God, would that ever have been mortifying? Yeah. Completely disabled yeah, from the waist down. Right. And he had to crawl that's off of an airplane right. in a civilized city like Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so confused as to how that even happened, even knowing, okay, what's supposed to be here isn't here. Why wouldn't people call as many people as possible into that in that airport? Get to be it like, figured get out. Get something here now. Yeah. You don't leave this person in that scenario. I, I don't understand how this fell through the cracks. I don't understand how any flight attendants or pilots watched this man doing that to get himself into the concourse and didn't. Yeah. Say, you stop right there. Oh. I will go and get you a wheelchair. I'm glad that they put out a statement because there's some cases that we've heard where they don't say anything at all. They sh- they absolutely have to speak for themselves on this case. So I'm glad that they at least said something and I hope they do something better for him. Closer to home in Kitchener, about 200 local vendors are scrambling after an upcoming Christmas market was canceled because the event organizer gambled away all the money. Guys, this is insane. The third annual It's a Christmas Market was scheduled for November the 12th at Bingham's. The organizer has posted an apologetic message on Facebook announcing the show is canceled because she gambled away the money. Catch, she estimates she lost between twenty dollars and $30,000, but she doesn't know the exact total. It's, uh, I can't believe, like... Did that person, what, what, what was the cutoff point here? Like what you took a little bit of the money and then did that and then took a little bit more. Was that it? And then it just kept going and going and going. How did you gamble away that much money? Well, she says she fell into the gambling trap and in her post on Facebook, she says that addiction is a mental health issue and she's been battling addiction issues. I'm going to assume that gambling is the addiction that she's hooked on or one of them. So she said she would like lose a hundred bucks and think, shit, I can't lose a hundred bucks. So she'd throw another hundred on and try and make it back. And then she'd lose that. Then she's down 200. Then she'd go double or nothing. And it just kept spiraling out of control to the point where she couldn't stop herself from spending all this money. Would you be, if you were Judge Scott right now, would you list this or clarify this as fraud? It is fraud. As far as I'm concerned, she spent money that wasn't hers. Yeah. And I mean, the apology is one thing. And like you said, there were, there's an apology and it's, it's recorded and it's written down and I'm sorry. That, that doesn't give back the money to these vendors who, by the way, a lot of them are counting on this as their income. They bought into this because they think that they're about to obviously make money off of the Christmas market. There's people whose side hustles get them by, and this is one of their side hustles, who created things to sell at this market. And not to mention, obviously, what she gambled away, which was the price you pay to have a kiosk, to have a setup, whatever it is, a table at this event. It's not right. It's not right at all. Someone's got to pay for it. And I really hope that people go out of their way to support whoever these vendors are. And I'm going to look it up personally for myself too, because I'm going to try to reach out to some of those vendors for Christmas gifts. I am. Because I 
feel terrible for them. Absolutely awful. Mark Bingaman's a great guy. I, I don't see Bingaman's not stepping up here to help yeah. these people out. It's yeah. already scheduled to take place at Bingaman's anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that something will be done there, and I hope so. But I hope that that... Uh, it, I, has she organized it before and then it was fine? It's the third annual. So yeah. I'm assuming it went uh, basically issue free for the first two years. But I'm wondering if it did. Maybe I'm it wondering if it did. Because if it, this is the third year that this woman is in charge of this thing and now she decides to gamble it all away, I'm not sure I buy that. I think she just got away with it the first couple of times or got away with something or Ooh. maybe made money off of someone else's money and then hit it. I would absolutely do an audit and checking. You can't do that with people. These are people's livelihoods. I'm so sick of people doing shit like that. And that's great that there's, like I said, I, I'm glad there's an apology. But I think more is probably going to be done. One last thing. It'll become official at a news conference later today. But Ontario is lowering the age for routine breast cancer screening from 50 to 40. The health minister says the move will help with early detection. She also notes that the expansion means an additional 130,000 mammograms are expected to be completed in Ontario each year because of it. So when they roll it out, which I believe is going to start next year, they're going to hire a whole bunch of people, 150, 180 new people, to help out with the breast cancer screenings. But basically, ladies, once you turn 40, is when you'll begin your regular screening and regular mammograms instead of 50. Good. I, I don't see a downside to no, this. I mean, no. if we could make it 30, maybe we should make it 30. Whatever yeah. number doctors agree on, but early detection is so important, yes. especially when it comes to breast cancer. So yeah, this seems like encouraging news. We have so many other routine things that are every other year. I think for a pap for women, if I'm not mistaken, is to every two years, you know, and that's great. And all the, everything there gets checked and you're checking for cervical issue, any of that stuff. Why would you not while you're at it? You know, we should always be watching out for ourselves, for our own bodies. And I, kn I know up until this point, it was actually a struggle for some people under the age of 50 to ask for it because their doctor in some cases would be like, ah, you have no really reason to for it. But in some cases, it really is important, even if you have it in your family, by the way. It's not even like necessarily they'll tell you to go at 30. In some cases, they don't. So this is good. I think that this is very, very good. Okay, we have a special guest that's going to join us on After 9 in just a sec. Right now, because we don't actually know in advance, you may or may not hear some friendly, kind words from Alan Cross. After that, we'll be back. <laughs> I don't know good, why he voices every commercial on our podcast, yeah. but oh, it's great. It's good to have him. Uh, we'll be talking to our guest next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we have a special guest joining us on this episode of After 9. He is kind of a business inspiration, really, mm -hmm. because he has got a an empire of pizza restaurants. Let's welcome Dominic Primucci from Pizza Nova. How you doing, Dominic? I'm doing great. Thank you, Scott. And um, good morning to everybody and Kat as well. It, it, it's so funny to hear your voice because I hear you. You're on the radio more than we are. I, th I was going to say, you are a full-blown radio star before yeah. us, I think, even. That's what they say. I have a face <laughs> for radio, right? <laughs> I didn't say it. I think you've got an amazing story, a success story. And we want to ask you about that. We want to talk to you a little bit 
bit about the pizza industry itself. And, and namely, I want to know where the best pizza is and the best pizza you've ever had. And you can say the obvious one if you want. <laughs> of course. Or maybe, maybe we'll ask the second best. Maybe <laughs> yeah, we'll do maybe that. That'll that, that be the one. <laughs> That's what we'll do. But we'll start off with this. How did you end up sitting in this chair across from us here today as the, the guy behind Pizza Nova, which grew from, I guess, initially just one store into something massive? Wow. Uh, well, how did I grow into it? It's a family business. Uh, my father and his four brothers started the business back in 1963, so we're 60 years young this year. Wow. And um, over the years, you know, um, my dad's brothers uh, got out of the business, and my dad took over the business, and uh, eventually I, I joined the business after schooling, and... Um, and here we are. That's that's the quick. Right. That's the quick. Uh, how would you say the quick history? The Cole's notes. The Cole's notes of, of it. The Wikipedia version. <laughs> yeah. Was that the goal? The, I mean, when you when you opened the first shop, when the when you were working at the first shop, was that the goal, or was that something that you saw? I was like, you know what, I'd like many of these. I want these sprinkled all over. Like I want them all over city. Canada. Like, was that actually a goal, or is it something that kind of just organically happened on its own? Well, first of all. Um, uh, the, the company's older than I am, so <laughs> right, was, right, uh, right. I would say that would be the 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 start of the of my father and his brothers uh, when they did start uh, back in '63. You know, was a, a new um, business to the to to our to the city because they started in Toronto in Scarborough actually, and the first franchise of the company was in 1969. So mm-hmm. it was six years later when franchising was really in its infancy stage of a business model. Right. And uh, so that they, they took a leap in that as well. And so over time, you know, they, they, they started to expand. It, it gave what they, what, uh, what it really was about is giving somebody an opportunity to own their own little business, mm-hmm. own their little, little small business. And that's how they, they, they expanded by having people that were working for them in their in their restaurant and saying, you know what, we would like to do this too. How can yeah. we do this? And and they and, and that's how the conversation starts. And so that's how it started to build. And it started to build with small businesses uh, that gave our, you know new immigrants to 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 the country uh, an opportunity to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all began. And I mean, I came I came in a little a little later than that. Uh, and then when, when I came in, we were like, you know, what do we do? I mean, uh, how do we move forward? And I didn't, you know, I did a lot of many jobs. I started at 14 washing dishes. That's yep. what my first right. job was. I think yeah. that was my first job too, <laughs> around the same age. Right, yeah. So, you I mean, it's, I can wash a mean dish anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my training was. But, but I mean, leaders need to know how to do as well. And the fact that you could walk into any location across the country and say, I did this before you did this. So exactly. I, I think that gives you a lot of credibility. Yes, it does. I mean, I've done, like, like I said, dish, washing dishes, you know, working in the kitchen, making pizzas, yeah. managing the restaurants, managing the locations, um, going into the, uh, jumping into, we have our own distribution and jumping on the trucks and distributing products. I mean, so I've, I've kind of did a wide gamut of wow. things. Then once I've gone into the office after schooling, uh, you know, you get in, I kind of ran the marketing, then did the purchasing. So you do many things to before you get to this position. Um, you know, it's not that I got out of school and I said, you know what, I'm going to be the president of this company. No, I mean, it's 
building that repertoire, if you will, building your resume, if you will, whether it was with the Pizza Nova or whether it was outside, you're still building that repertoire. So over time, then I, you know, I became the president, uh, and you know, well, here we are today at uh, ninety-one point five, the beat. Yeah, <laughs> and there we go. And I mean, and you mentioned, I mean, you did it all. Is that one of the pieces of advice that you give someone who is an entrepreneur and wants to kind of mimic what you've done um, and what your family has done? Is that one of the pieces of advice that you would give? Is to make sure that you know, it, you know, like start from doing all of it. And and you because you can't just jump right into being you know you can't you don't start as president CEO. you don't start right. that way right you have to work your way up would you say that that's a good piece of advice I think that's a great piece of yeah. advice uh, you know when uh, you know upper, when potential candidates come to see us for to want to buy a franchise you know the first question I ask have you ever worked in the restaurant business mm-hmm. no I said well I think you know what I think it's best you go and whether it's at Pizza Nova or whether you work at a local restaurant or wherever the case is, go and see if you mm-hmm. like the business. Because it's not, it's not just about serving the customer. You know, it's Friday, Saturday nights are your busiest nights. Right. Your family is out having a party and yep. you are working. And yes. you're working late because they're late hours and so on and so forth. So I think that is the biggest advice that we give to our potential candidates is go out and work in the restaurant business. Yes. And how is that? Now, you kind of oversee, you and your team would oversee the approval. How does that work as a franchisee? Let's say I wanted to start a franchise. Where? How does that work? Well, and, you know, it first starts with an application at our right. organization. We have a franchise manager that would interview the person. and But we also have a four, uh, a member team that, um, you know, they have to speak to our director of marketing. They have to speak to our our uh, person who's in charge of training, our HR, our HR uh, person. Sure. Be- this way, you know, we have a we interview from different uh, skill sets, and we try to really understand who that person is, if that person really wants fits into our system, our values, and so on and so forth. That's good. So you don't just bring in anybody, no. basically. No, like, no, you, of course not. Well, no. you can't because you got to do your due diligence, I'd imagine, in your position. You can't have some schmuck trying to run a Pizza Nova <laughs> and making you look bad because right. that's really no, what that's it is. Right. You work so hard to get to where this company to where it is today. You don't want us to be running a Pizza Nova. Yeah, Me and Scott, a, for example. It'd like, be a bad idea. We would not be good, right? You have be to do your due diligence. Profits, <laughs> right? Well, there's that. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let me ask you. If you guys get these these franchi- franchisees in, and, and for all your existing stores too, who is the person who will maybe come to you and say, I got a great idea. We're going to make a pizza mm. with with spinach, feta, and tomato. What do you think? Like, where do those new recipes come from? Are they your chefs? Can franchisees or, or even customers suggest different pizzas? Sure they can. Anybody can. Uh, we take uh, suggestions from anybody in our organization. We try. Uh, every Friday, I'll give you a little note here, every Friday at our office, and you know we have our call center there as well, one of our district managers comes in and makes pizzas for everybody. So for a Friday lunch, it's it's it you, you are looked after, and at that point, yeah, we can try different things. Uh, we get lots of samples from different organizations and try different uh, items and so on and so forth. And you know, and who knows where we go with that? And and sometimes you add something that may not necessarily be right at this at this point in time, but you know, maybe it, it's something later on in. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like pizza went through a transition and probably in the last 20, 25 years where we did start to get 
it used to be, well, you could have a cheese pizza or a pepperoni pizza, and that was basically your options, right? Now you can get just about any topping under the sun, and I feel like it was Pizza Nova that kind of led that trend towards more Mediterranean-style toppings yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, I would say in the mid-90s, early 90s, we had maybe option of maybe 10 to 15 toppings. Today we have over 30 toppings. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's from anything. Like you said, Mediterranean toppings. You know, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with the start of the, you know, the food network on TV, you know, these chefs on TV. So everybody's watching and learning different items that, and learning how to cook different things. And then, you know, so now our palates have become more sophisticated. We are more sophisticated, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, so if somebody wants an artichoke, right? Okay, let's, you know, let's let's do artichokes or whatever the case with sun-dried tomatoes. And we started introducing these items, and, and they do very well. Spinach is a very great topping with us. I mean, I've evolved, too. I used to give me mm -hmm. a meat lovers, and that was yeah. my thing, right? Now I'm like, well, I'd like some Kalamata olives and maybe <laughs> a little drizzle of oil. Be, and Be sensible. Put yeah. a little <laughs> vitamins on there. You put know, some spinach on there. Let's cover all the food groups. A uh, little bit of spinach, you know. Try, I mean, try a little bit, be a little bit more healthy, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, on that note, too, is there was there ever a pressure in terms of people's dietary restrictions. Cause I feel like as of late, as you talk about the toppings changing and our palates growing, I also notice that people's dietary restrictions are changing. And I know you offer more than just one thing. Is that ever something that you're looking at consistently of uh, different kinds of crusts, for example, or ways to present the food? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, started about 15, 20 years ago where, you know, people really, become self-aware with, with their own health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you another example that back in the 80s, we had whole wheat pizza crust. Nobody had whole wheat pizza crust back in the 80s. Right. Um, you know, it, it lasted a few years, and then we had to really take it off the menu because it wasn't selling. Yeah, and people it's not selling. Were, where yeah. people weren't, you know, they were like, oh, I'm the one with whole wheat pizza. Just give me the regular crust. Early 2000s, we're bringing it back, right? Because people were starting to demand something different. And then from that, we went to gluten-free crust. Uh, from that point, we, we introduced uh, raised without antibiotic uh, proteins. Which is good. Which Very is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were the first company, and I think we're still on, there's only two companies that, have, that do that with pepperoni. We chose to do it with our pepperoni yeah. because that's the, our number one topping. Yeah. I was going to ask you about toppings and stuff, and and let's start with the main topping, the sauce. I mean, you guys ah, even yeah. sell your sauce; it's that popular. How did you, or who did? Was it your grandfather, your dad? Who created the sauce that we are <laughs> know and love today? Because yours is different from others. Yes. I feel like the Pizza Nova sauce mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. It is. It's fresher or something. Exactly right. <laughs> you got it. Like, the secret. I, we unlocked the secret. Oh, that was it. I said it fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll tell you what. Where our sauce. I mean, first of all, you know, to build a, a company. I'm, I'm just. Let me just get through this. For sure. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. To build a, a company, you got to build a strong foundation, and and if you build a house, you got to build a foundation. A condominium, you got to build the foundation. In our business, our foundations are dough, sauce, and cheese. That's what pizza is. Those are the three main ingredients mm -hmm. in, in our product. So you got to build a great uh, foundation. So our sauce, um, it is picked 
they're, the, the tomatoes are vine ripe, vine ripened uh, before they're picked. Um, it's a once a year crop. It's picked and packed, sealed within six hours. Wow. So we from vine to sealed and ready to go, six yeah, hours. Yes. So what that does ensures the freshness. It doesn't sit in a vat and the, the, um, it doesn't dissipate the, the flavors mm-hmm. of the tomato. Okay. So, so this is why we, what we do is ensure this, and it, it just works. It's so fresh, so tasty, that it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but that's a little concerning. So it's a once-a-year crop. Like, what happens if you guys run out by, like, March? Like, shit, no pizza for weeks? What happens here? Barbecue sauce instead of regular sauce. Special. No, No, that's never happened. No, of course not. I mean, we're going to ensure that we have enough. There's forecasts and so on and so forth. And we always forecast higher, so. Um, Scott and myself will always get, uh, you know, little surveys and things sent to us just because of what we do for a living and people want us to talk about it. And this comes up every year, so I want to ask if it's true. Every year around this time, we get the same stat that pizza places are the busiest on Halloween night. Would you say that's accurate? That's 100% accurate. Yeah. Really? That's our busiest day of the year. Yeah. Halloween. A lot of people say, oh, it's, it's super, is it Super Bowl? Is it Super Bowl? Super Bowl is in the U.S. At, for pizza. It's, that's the number one day. In here in our market, it's, it's Halloween. Super Bowl would be number two. But Halloween is is by far the busiest day. Parents are are getting their kids at home. They're mm-hmm. rushing to get oh, them busy. dressed and so on yeah. and so forth. So they don't have time to cook. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Let's order a pizza because kids love pizza, yeah. and so it's a treat for the kids too. And and that's why it becomes uh, yeah. our busiest day. You have to at least eat a slice before you have any candy, kids. At yeah, least eat your slice. You get Finish out your there, slice, right? and then you can go, and then you can get your candy. That's right. How popular is pineapple on pizza? Very popular. Really? Because usually when I <laughs> talk to- you knock pineapple on pizza? I'm not knocking it. It's just my taste buds have evolved just like Nominic was talking about. And and for me, the sauce is everything. And I feel mm-hmm. like you guys have nailed it. And you got a great crust too, which is good. But I used to, back in the day, before my girlfriend cut me off and said, we're not ordering Hawaiian pizza in this house. Stop it. <laughs> I used to order it that way. And, and it seems like a controversial thing, pineapple on a pizza. But people order it. 100%. It's probably top five or six in uh, topping for us. What pizza do you sell more of than anything else? Like of your signature pizzas, what's the most popular? Pepperoni is the most popular. Just pepperoni, eh? Yeah. I love a good classic. Classic pepperoni. It's nothing like it. It's good. Um, I would love to pick your brain on this now that I think about it, because we're talking about pizza, talking about delivery, Halloween. Order Pizza Nova on Halloween. Save yourself. Um, How do you feel about like the delivery world that we live in today? Because I feel like pizza was always the OG you get pizza delivered to your house. And now I can open up my phone and I can get anything delivered to my house. And I know there's pizza places on the app as well, but I'm just curious to pick your brain on how you think of how you feel about all these delivery apps and these different meal options now that families can have right to their door. Cause it used to just be pizza. You got pizza to your door and pizza that was or pretty Chinese. much it. Right. Yep. Back pizza in the day. Chinese. Pizza or Chinese. That's what it was. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's competition. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, so it, so what does that do? It makes us better, right? We, mm-hmm. okay. How do we tackle this? Well, we need to get better at what we do as well. And, you know, there's a lot about the delivery person, the delivery personnel out there. Well, we really went out and said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get better on our delivery personnel. 
we want to be number one with our delivery personnel. And we did. We, we, I mean, our delivery personnel has improved 100%. Uh, they're, you know, caring. You know, at least they'll say hello to you. It's not, you know, some guy in, or women in, sh- you know, whatever, flopping your, your food yeah. on the floor. Just and dropping it on the porch and running. Yeah. Throwing it, and taking it, a quick picture. Yeah, it's all yeah, sideways. It's gone, right? Getting out of there. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, so we do that. And we're on those apps as well, right? It, it's just, it becomes another point of sale mm-hmm. for us. And we're one of the first companies dealing with Uber Eats and Skip yeah. to um, not use their drivers. We don't. We they take to our order, but we use our own drivers. Interesting. Wait. So if I order on Skip or Uber Eats, it's still a Pizza Nova employee that's bringing my order. Hundred percent. Interesting. I didn't. Why do you do it that way? Just out of curiosity. Because we we have better trained drivers. Got it. Yeah. What yeah. a great answer. Oh, I mean, I way to that. invest in your yeah. people. Yeah. Well, right? that's the thing, right? That goes to show you how. Confident. And also, we have these drivers in our stores. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, they're there to try to make some some money as well. Yeah. And now some person's going to walk in, take their order and deliver it, take take their uh, their, yeah. their income, I guess. When they could, could flip the box or something or do something <laughs> silly, right? Yeah. Let me ask you uh, a bit of an inside question here. And it's just an opinion, but how much should we be tipping pizza delivery drivers? <laughs> 15%, 20%, 15% pre-tax, 20 after tax? That's hard to say. It is hard. You know, right? uh the tipping issue is 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 a large um, issue today in the restaurant world uh, here everywhere really and you know I always say tip is something that is left to the whoever the, the person is that's uh, getting the order or getting served uh, it's up to you to to judge how the service was. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you what you can afford. I mean, I can, I'm not going to say, well, you should tip every driver 20% or 10% or whatever the case is. You know, it's really up to you. And, and I don't want to put a number on it because it's not fair, right? You know, there are people that can afford to give a larger tip. Well, then, you know, and they do. You know, some of our drivers walk out sometimes with, you know, a $20 tip or something. And we've heard $100 tips too. Really? But, I mean, again, that's, you know, and then, and then you have on the other end of the spectrum where, you know, sometimes you don't get anything. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really up to you. How, uh, how big of a portion of the business is pizza versus the sandwiches that you have? You have pasta available and things like that. Uh, are, are people ordering these things for delivery or coming in for takeout, pick up a nice panini or something? 100%. Uh, it's not as popular of the pizza, obviously. Sure. We're a pizza company first. Uh, and then I would say the number two item that we do sell are chicken wings ah, or yeah. the chicken polini or type of thing, yeah. right? You know, we sell uh, food that you can eat with your hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At right. the end of the day, you right. grab a slice of pizza, you grab a wing, right? You grab a sandwich. <laughs> so it's all, yeah. it's all, you know, food that is, uh, and shareable food. Uh, you know, a lot of times a pizza, you order a pizza, you're going to order, maybe there's two of you, three of you, whatever, four of you. Wings are the same thing. They're, they're shareable foods. Mm-hmm. That's, I have an opinion question too that I just thought of. Okay, good. Dipping sauce. Yeah. All the way through the pizza or just for the crust? I'm not a dipping sauce person. Not Neither at all. am I. Zero. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad okay. you said that. Hot take. Hot take. Okay. I, but that's me. That's No, that's And fair. that's my, you know... I grew up on pizza, and I, I didn't grow I up on dipping sauces. I never had dipping sauces. So now, 
we do sell a lot of dipping sauces. I was going to say, and you a have a great charity event, by the way, that you run every now and again regarding your dipping sauces. I know yes, as well. Right. We can mention the, I'd love to mention it's Variety the, Village. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. In, yeah. in May every year yeah. we do that. I mean, but people but, love it. Oh, people my, love your dipping my, sauces. My kids order dipping yeah. sauce every time we order pizza. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's a different yeah. thing. And, and that's true. It is popular. Yeah. And our po- most popular is our creamy garlic parmesan. Yeah, it's the best one. Yeah. My it's <laughs> not the marinara, is it? <laughs> no. No, it's the creamy garlic. Yeah, yeah. No, well, not with that sauce, because you don't want to mess up the good pizza nova sauce by doing the marinara, I think. So that's why I like the creamy garlic. Not that it's my matter, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the scenario. You get invited over to somebody's house, and they're like, Dominic, welcome. We ordered pizza. And there's a Domino's box sitting on the counter. <laughs> What goes through your dun, mind? Dun. That doesn't Nobody happen. Would do that. <laughs> what? Who would do that? No. Maybe they don't know what he does for a living. But let's uh. ask the question that we started off uh, kind of alluding to here. Yeah. So we know Pizza Nova's number one, going to be number one for you. Thank you. What is the second best pizza you've ever had? And maybe that means you're in your travels. What is the best pizza, the second best pizza? It's hmm. a very good question. Um, in my travels, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like a pizza holic. Right. Oh, okay. So you eat a lot of pizza. So yes. you really do live the lifestyle of someone who loves pizza yes. as well as running a company that does. That's right. Good. When I'm away, whether it's three days, five days, a couple of weeks, I get the pizza shakes. Oh. I got to I got to <laughs> have pizza. Pizza shakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I got to have pizza. So no matter where I go, I have pizza. So. Whether it's good or bad or indifferent, I I gotta have some some pizza. Mm-hmm. So, where would be the best pizza? Wow, that's a great question. Maybe you're something that comes to mind. Um, I I gotta say that I really enjoy the Roman style pizza. Mm. The they call it pizza taglio, and it's a a pizza that is uh, crispy. And, uh, and that's what I kind of like, more so than uh, a Neapolitan-style pizza. I'm more of the Roman-style pizza, which is a little bit more crispy. How do you feel about the, the really greasy, like, pan pizzas and stuff like that? Is that ever an area you want to go into? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> that's, nope. not, that's not who we are as a, as a company. Uh, we really, you know, part of our core values is quality, and quality is so important to our organization that, that's what started the, how the, the company started in Ardini. As I said earlier, the foundation is the dough, sauce, and cheese. So we start off with that. And everything that we do, we really, whether it's adding a topping or whether it's adding another menu item, it goes through the grind. Like, you know, we want to make sure we test this before it gets hits the market that our customers are, because we have a loyal, loyal following sure around do, yeah. for yeah. 60 years, that... They expect quality from us, so we have to ensure that we give quality back. So we do do a lot of testing before we, yeah. it's out there. And in a, in a pan pizza, and that what you're asking is not what we're, yeah. we're no. after. That's good, though. I feel like you don't have to go there. Like, you've got your fans. You know who you are. You're you consistent. know how to make a great pizza. Because consistency is so key when it comes to ordering um, from pizza. I know that I can, if I call pizza over here or pizza over there, I'm going to get the same thing, right? That's so important. It is important, yeah. uh, 100%. I mean... Whatever you, whatever company you buy from, I mean, McDonald's yeah. is the largest franchise in the world. That yeah. what how they build their company on consistency, yeah. right? So you have to have consistency between your locations, or else 
you're not. That name is doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and that's why again he wouldn't let schmucks like us run a pizza nova. That's right. <laughs> it would it'd be a bad up. idea. How many locations do you have now? We have 150 locations, all in Ontario. Wow, lovely. 150. Okay. Will there be an expansion? There always is expansion. I mean, outside, outside of Ontario. Of Ontario? Oh, outside you know, of are, are you ready to take on the rest of the country? Listen, I always say never say never. Uh, depending on the partners that would come up, come come forward and looking to expand to another city uh, outside of Ontario, uh, for sure. Um, but we're always looking, you know, we play in the largest market in Canada. And yeah. we still have room to expand in the largest market. We just opened up a, a location in Nobleton um, back in August. We have Orangeville coming up next. We have another store in Oakville coming up next. So we're still continuing to expand. And you're still in the office every day, working away, dealing with all 150 franchises and all the other stuff that comes up. Of course. <laughs> I like, though, that you are running 150 yeah. restaurants and you still, A, use the product regularly. You said to yourself, you're a pizzaholic and you are hands-on with the company. I mean, I think that's amazing. A lot of people would be like, I've got my empire. I'll be in the Caribbean if you need me. No, I get, I get, uh, I, I always get, uh, they keep telling me, take, take some time off. You know, you need a few days here and there. And, and I don't, I just, you know, it's, I don't get up and say, I got to go to work today. I just get up and do what I do. Right. Right. And I love what I do. I have a passion for it. And it doesn't bother me. Do you check in on locations? Like you're here with us now. We're recording this pod in KW right now in our KW studios and for Chorus Entertainment. Will you go pop in maybe around lunchtime and just yeah. check in on a location? Yeah, just say I hi. Do, do they do. know who you are? Of course they do. When do you they? walk all my in, franchisees, they're like, oh. All my franchisees know. Now, if they have an employee, maybe not. I mean, I may not know that right. person. I was on, uh, I did Undercover Boss. Uh, that's right. That's right. Ten years, yes. ten years I, that's ago. That's so fun. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fun. That so. would have been awesome. Yeah. Listen, this was a lot of fun talking to you about pizza, talking about the industry and things like that. Uh, before we wrap things up, though, just quickly, as a businessman, a successful businessman with a lot of responsibility and now 150 restaurants under him. What advice do you give people who are just getting started? Like maybe they're taking a business course in university now and not quite sure what they want to do with it. How does someone reach the level of success that you've achieved? Wow, great question. Um, I think first and foremost, you have to find something that you love. You got to have a passion for what you do. You know, yeah, you can get into something, get lucky and maybe make some money. Uh, but I believe that most organizations, most businesses, it's hard work. Um, it's, it's dedication. It's perseverance. It's all these things. Um, you have to have a passion. You got to work at it, um, build it. Nothing gets built in a day, as they say, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. So uh, it takes time. And you got to be dedicated and, and um, willing to, to have, you know, bad times and good times. Uh, you, got, you got to live through those. You can't say that, oh, well, this month we, we went down a bit. Okay, let's give up and move forward. No. Dig deeper. See what you can do. Maybe there's something you're missing. Maybe there's whatever the case is. You know, in our, in our case, we do a lot of community work. We, but it's been in our, in, our, in our company, our DNA forever, because the community gives us so much over the past number of years. We want to give them back something. Mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that as well, about some of your partnerships that you've done and all the giving back that you've done as well? Sure. Uh, you know, 
We've been giving back to Variety Village, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier, and that's in May. And, you know, we give back to, these are kids that are, you know, disabled, uh, not uh, not able to do things, um, you know, like some other kids can, right? And what I love about Variety, they don't work on their disabilities. They work on their abilities. So it gives the kids confidence. And so they can do something with themselves coming out of that, right, as they become older and become adults. So we've, we've, we've raised for them. We're the third largest, sorry, the, the largest third-party fundraiser for Variety Village. Uh, we've raised over $2.5 million. Wow, now. great job. And uh, thank you. And, and we continue to do things. Like we, we come Halloween on the 31st, uh, we're giving back to UHN. Uh, so for every dollar, every order, every dollar per order uh, that is called in in our call center or ordered through our web or app, we're going to give back a dollar to UHN. Wow. And, you know, and then also we have another initiative with, for sick kids uh, in, in December. Uh, we've we've given to every every location that we go to, every location that we open. Uh, the first day of our opening is we don't charge uh, everything that we 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 charge. Sorry, not that we don't charge. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're not do- giving it away. A, a do- no, but it's very good cost. A dollar yeah. from every order those days go to a local local charity. That's great. Uh, whether it's a hospital, a, a food bank, or whatever the case is. We're always looking to uh, be in, in, ingrained with the community. I noticed that about you guys. That's very, very much appreciated. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Who made the call to have you do the commercials? Because I, I think you're great at it. <laughs> I do. Really? I did, we read badass. commercials all day, every day, but I like yours. I, we love yours. Thank you. You know, They're I was... catchy, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, catchy. Sure. I, you know, I... I it was some time ago. It was about 20 years now. Wow. I just I can't believe it was that many years I've been doing commercials. Uh, I, mean, I was just talking with, you know, a couple of marketing people. And I said, you know, what do you think if I tried this? They said, go for it. Right? Why not? I mean, it's you're the owner. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Right? So then that's when I started doing it. Huh. Gives it a personal touch, though, I think, yeah. too, right? Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Okay. So before we let you go. This was a lot of fun, by the way. Thank you very much no, for coming in because we had a ton of questions about pizza. And I think you've done a very good job <laughs> at answering all of them. You said something in one of your commercials, and it was years ago that I, I can't even remember how long ago it was, but it was something that stuck with me. You said, order your pizza well done. It just tastes better. Is that true? And is that still your advice today? Order it well done. 100% it's my advice. 100% it's better. Um, and I'll give you a little uh, analogy. Okay. When you buy some bread and it's not really cooked well, and it just, when you eat it, it's, it just kind of sits in your stomach. Yeah. It's not cooked. Bread needs to be cooked. And we, in our crust, it's like bread, right? It's the same thing. It needs to be cooked properly. And the, the better it's cooked, the better tasting it is. And, you know, we, we try to cook all our pizzas well now. We, we've kind of uh, are doing that at the moment. Uh, but I still advise you to order well done. It just, everything just seems to taste better. And, you know, the, the bubbles on the pizza, 
become tastier. And, you know, it's, it just it allows the, the yeast and everything to, to um, just to cook. You know, at the end of the day, it's cooking, right? It, yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, people say, oh, well done. People, people have this thing in their mind that well done is it's too cooked or it's too bad. It's not good and so on and so on. But not with pizza. And not with your bread either. I mean, the yeah. be, the best selling breads are, are well cooked breads. True. Yeah. If I hold up a slice of pizza and it's got just a regular cheese and pepperoni pizza, I hold up that slice. Is it supposed to bend like that and fall down and have stuff slide right off of it? Is that undercooked or overcooked or just plain gross? Because I like a pizza that holds together as a square or as a triangle, <laughs> personally. And I guess well done would help do that. Yes, I think that it holds together is better. Definitely. Um, you know, you're going to get a little bit of that floppy sometimes. It depends what people order. You know, sometimes people just, it's all veggies. And veggies are, you know, full of water, 90% water. So as it's cooking, it's just, <laughs> it's becoming wet, right? Your sure, pizza's become yeah. wet. So it's inevitable that that may, may, may dip a little bit, right? Got it. Dominic, thank you for this chat. We've gone half an, over half an hour here talking about the pizza industry, and I think this was great. So thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Yeah, grab the Pizza Nova app. You said that there's a, an, an app for you guys, too, so you don't miss specials and stuff on, That's right. on there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fabulous. Grab the Pizza Nova app, everybody. And order online. Sure. What is it with pizzanova.com? Dot com. And they can just call you if they need a pizza, right? Yeah. On yourself? Oh, Dominic directly. Go ahead and give he's, yeah, he's got lots of time. He'll make all your pizzas. He'll deliver them too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprise delivery. Um, I'm always pleasantly surprised when I'm walking by a Pizza Nova and there's like a walk-in special or something like that. That makes my day. That's yeah. like finding money in a pocket of a coat that you haven't worn in a while. Yes. You've done a great job. Pizza Nova is a world-class business dominating Ontario, and you're a major reason for that. So thank you for coming on After 9 today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, today we will leave you with a replay of this morning's Missed Connections. You going to say bye? Oh, bye. Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. All right. This is uh, an appropriate time to start telling you about people who have had an encounter in the past. They've met. One person now telling the story online, hoping the other person will see it and contact them so they can have some sort of an elaborate reunion. Have you ever been to a karaoke bar? Unfortunately, yes. You have. It's not really my thing. I don't know. I believe that. Non-singer singing. It's just nah. Not not even interested in being a patron, just sitting and watching. No. Got it. No, no. Not my style. I've never done it. Not to say I never would. This uh, first misconnection took place at a karaoke bar. Hey. I saw you at the karaoke bar. We met and we talked and I thought we were having a great time. I bought you a drink, a double. Then it was my turn. I went up to sing Gangnam Style. By you went t- up to sing Gangnam that's Style? That's right, that's right. That poor choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Style. This Gangnam this Style? One, yeah. Gangnam style. That's an interesting choice for a karaoke song, isn't it? Or is it? Uh, I don't know these words. Nobody knows these words. I think he just likes the dance. He's probably just dancing, right? Just, just there for the dance. Just waited for the moment where he knew the words. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gangnam style. Yeah. Pretty simple formula. Oh, so what happened when he started singing? When I wrapped up, I was feeling good. 
I was feeling myself. <laughs> but you were gone. You left. In the middle of Gangnam Style? You left the bar completely. I guess I'm just confused. Maybe you weren't feeling me. Or maybe you had a family emergency. <laughs> I did some of my best work up there. I'll bet you did. I, I, I hope you at least got to see me. Hit me up. Oh, oh, I know what's coming up. I know these words. Here we go. This is his time to shine right here. Hey. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I, uh. She left because that was a terrible choice for a karaoke song, right? Like that song in the moment when it came out, great song. Karaoke choice now? I don't know, sir. But she did get a free double drink out of it. (laughs) That's That's all she wanted. I'm going to take this drink and go. Even a double's not enough for me to watch (laughs) you perform Gangnam Style. (laughs) (laughs) What song? Gangnam? No, I'm out of here. See ya. Peace out. This one's called Hey, Citrus Queen. Couldn't help but notice you browsing lemons in the produce section. You had two in your hand, and then you picked up a lime with the other and started to sniff it. Smells fresh. (laughs) Then you picked up the tops off of them and licked them. Oh, no. All before deciding which ones were worthy of your cart. I've never seen it done like that before. That's because you don't usually do it that way. Maybe it's a new method. Maybe you found it on TikTok. You did this to about 40 or so lemons and limes. She licked 40 lemons and limes and just put them back? As I was admiring your citrus skills... (laughs) And your burning tongue. I I looked up, and that's when I realized how pretty you were. You caught me staring at you, but you still gave me a smile. Maybe I would have talked to you, but I just had a COVID close contact. (laughs) Stupid COVID ruined another one. And I didn't have a mask handy. Hopefully we can meet up sometime. Need a limes and lemons again. As someone who had a COVID close encounter, you should be outraged that someone is licking and touching the limes and lemons and then putting them back. Why aren't you disgusted? You're too mesmerized. Would that be mesmerizing? Or would that be just be, that would gross you out, right? Why were we, why was she picking the tops? Like picking the tops off the lemons and licking it? Yeah. Like they're all sour. What are you doing? Like they're not, they're, I should, don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises there. It shouldn't be. And also if you lick it, please pay for that. Please buy it. Some people are different though, in that you or I might see a lemon or lime and try and determine its freshness by giving it a little squeeze or something yeah, like that. That's common, right? That's what I thought was common. Am I wrong? Other people don't rely on their sense of touch. They rely on their sense of smell and taste. And they think you got to lick it to know if it's good. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you. It's fine. You don't need to do that. That'd be a funny prank if you just went through at the grocery store, just like knocking on some things and licking up. <laughs> just beat the heck sn- out of a coconut. Sniffing it. <laughs> Sniff something with like a hard, like a watermelon on the outside, <laughs> as if you could smell the inside. This one smells good. Ready to eat? Yep. And who's the person attracted to this? <laughs> Even better. Even better question. I would have uh, sniffed for you, but I might have COVID and I can't smell very well. <laughs> I lost all my senses. 
Oh, that's great. Those are your missed connections for today.